MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, April 3rd, 2020. Today, the IRS pandemic relief payment timeline has been released. A possible 9-11 style congressional commission to review the response to the coronavirus outbreak. Thousands of ventilators in the national stockpile don't work. OAN has been voted out of the task force White House briefings. Dr. Fauci's security has stepped up. Inside Trump's decision to back off his Easter miracle and spring break students are testing positive. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today are Jordan Coburn and Amanda Reeder, just not live. They're going to be sending their segments in. All right, everybody, I'm so glad uh, we can still do this show for you, although remotely. Uh, We're going to have Jordan dialing in uh, for the A Block. She's going to go over uh, some of the coronavirus updates, you know, the the latest numbers that we have for you. Uh, I want to remind everyone of our cocktail hour Q&A pajama jammy jam meet and greet bonanza video chat something. It's a I'm really trying to lengthen the name. Uh, It's tomorrow, Friday. If you're a patron, uh, it's today, Friday, if you're if you're uh, listening as um, uh, not a premium subscriber. And basically, you sign up, you become a patron, it's three bucks a month, you get access to these episodes ad free, you get a premium feed with no ads, and you get uh, these episodes early the night before they come out to the public, um, which is, you know, kind of cool, unless you're on the East Coast, because then it comes out at like midnight. But I digress. Uh, the, we're going to be answering your questions live with our faces on on camera tomorrow, 4 p.m. Pacific time. We will email the link to patrons around lunchtime Pacific time, a couple hours, few hours before we before we hop on. And I think we've got all the technical stuff figured out <laughs> from last time. So it should be uh, smooth and, and awesome. And we'll be answering your questions that you send in. So thank you for that. I'm excited about that. Uh, for me, how I'm doing... Um, how are you doing, AG? Well, uh, they closed our parks today. Uh, I think they closed them actually a couple days ago, but they showed up today with yellow caution tape and barricaded the parks. Uh, I've got a tiny park by my house. I go down there and, and uh, jog every morning. It's a beautiful little park, and there's never anybody there when I'm jogging. Um, and I, I just never seen anybody, but they came down and, and, and taped it off anyway. So... Um, that happened. I'm a little sad about that because that's where I used to jog and walk my dog. That was my thing. I might have to get a treadmill now. I don't know. I've got discipline issues. We'll figure it out. Um, but we do need each other more than ever now. And so thank you all for supporting us, sending in your good news stories, listening, even just the act of listening, subscribing, giving us a rating. It just makes such a huge difference to us. And we're able to continue on uh, pay our people, give them benefits, uh, and and do the thing. I haven't, we haven't let anybody go. Uh, I think I've run this business in a, a smart enough way to where our little independent podcast can continue on. Um, we, we will march forward through this. Uh, and thank you for understanding that you know we can't have everybody on the show every day because, as I said, our network is a little bit overwhelmed. They're they have to uh, cut everyone together. Everyone's on the network is doing remote recording. So our engineers and editors have to splice all those interviews together now instead of just taking the recording as it is from a live studio. So it takes a lot longer. It's a lot more labor intensive. And uh, so to help, you know, cut back on 
on that. Uh, we're, we only do these, these call-ins every other day with each uh, co-host. So today uh, we will be joined by Amanda Reeder. Um, I will be speaking with her uh, for our good news segment. We have a lot of good news today, which is great. And then, of course, for the A Block, we'll have Jordan dial it in. So that is the... Uh, the that's the business stuff that's the front of the house stuff let's get to the back of the house stuff let's get to the news let's hit the hot notes hot notes maybe the maybe the maybe the news is the front of the house and the that stuff is back of the house that's that makes more sense if if, uh, my time in the industry um if i remember it correctly so i do have a, a correction uh, from a couple of shows ago, somebody pointed out that I might have called Governor Whitmer Governor Whitman. Sorry, um, slip of the tongue. Uh, and let's do this. Let's let's get uh, the latest numbers from Jordan. Let's let's hear what uh, what her segment is, and then I will be back after that to, to discuss some more news with you. So, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to Jordan. Hello, welcome to Jordan's Corn Beans on Friday, April third. Here we go. We're getting through it, everybody. I hope everyone's doing okay. Happy Friday, if you're listening Friday, or happy Thursday to our patrons. Um, Patrons, I look forward to seeing you on Friday later today at our happy hour. It'll be very fun. Online. Very online. Uh, Getting right into it, I'm going to cover Cuomo's presser today, as always. So just kicking it right off, going to start out with the facts that he starts out with. Uh, Cuomo said that numbers um unfortunately for just number of cases in Westchester, Nassau and Suffolk are they're pretty high they're between 9 and 12,000 cases which he says is pretty troubling in terms of the ratio of people uh, there's obvi- obvious there's more cases per capita in those counties so they're they're looking into why and that's going to be something they'll be consistently looking at and probably reporting on uh he also accentuated the idea of there being a sort of false comfort in people saying they're, you know, in a rural community. And this is something that I've heard from people just even back in Nevada. There's this sort of idea, if you're not in like a really, really major city or something, that, you know, that automatically means it's okay to be super lax on the social distancing and to go out and maybe live your life a little bit more normal than everyone in these super confined cities are. But he wants everyone to know and everybody you know should know if you're not already thinking this that that is a false comfort a lot of the times these areas have less resources because they are so small by their very own nature they're set up to only be able to withstand a certain amount of people obviously and so when something like this happens and it starts affecting a lot of people especially in these other counties that you know typically you wouldn't think you'd see such high incidences of the illness, it becomes a big issue really fast. And that's one of the things Como has to do right now as he's moving around all the resources between these public and private and northern and, you know, southern hospital systems to combat a lot of what's happening right now in those rural counties. Numbers for them so far right now, 92,381 have tested positive, 7,434 have been discharged, which is a big jump. So that's good. Uh, Their deaths are sitting at 2,373, and that obviously um, has gone up. Their number of intubations might be plateauing. He said it's a conservative, or not, it's best case scenario they're plateauing. There's one view of the data currently that would lend itself to that outcome. That might prove them wrong, but hopefully if you look at the data, 
in this way and it holds, it will mean that they are reaching a flattening point with those numbers. Uh, he also said that a lot of people want to know when the apex is coming for New York. He says there are a bunch of different models they're looking at that range from it coming in seven days to 21 days. Uh, some time or some models saying up to 30 days. And he said one of the biggest reasons for those variations in those models is looking at the the social the social distancing is what's going to determine ultimately um, where we get how quickly we get to the apex. They get to the apex. Um, he also said that they need 70 to 110,000 beds to deal with that apex. That's what's being projected. And currently, they're short. They're very short. Um, in downstate, which is where they're having most of the issues right now in terms of shortage of beds, they only have 36,000. So they're very far away from that 70 to 110,000 number. Uh, estimates off of one model are that the actual apex will drop starting off in June and hopefully plateau and not be too devastating throughout the summer. But there are other models that are suggesting it could continue um through through the summer so there's a couple different options there obviously hoping for it to drop off and stay dropped off uh he also said 90 there are 93,000 projected deaths across the country based on one model after you know uh the apex and everything is all said and done in terms of the first huge hump of this that we're experiencing right now in terms of what they're doing in New York right now to expand their capacity, they're hoping to open a converted facility in Brooklyn with 750 hospital beds, and they're also opening a COVID-only temp hospital in Staten Island, and that's opening to patients starting next week. He had then moved on to give us an update on the call for volunteers. Um, he's been putting out, you know, these requests for anybody that's able and willing, even if they're out of state, uh, to please come and help. And he got an incredible response to state, got a great response. 21,000 out-of-state volunteers have stepped up. Uh, that's a huge number. They're now at 85,000 volunteers now. And he thanks them. And it is heartfelt. And I want us to listen to that. So let's roll that. This is going to affect every place in this country. We are, in some ways, the first major encounter. We're learning We'll get the experience, and we will return the favor. When your community needs help, New Yorkers will be there. And you have my personal word on that. And it's also the New York tradition. When there's been a hurricane or there's been a flood or Hurricane Katrina, New Yorkers are the first ones in their cars to go anywhere in this nation that needs help. And I will be the first one in my car to go wherever this nation needs help as soon as we get past this. I will never forget how people across this country came to the aid of New Yorkers when they needed it. Uh, and I deeply appreciate it. He goes on now to talk about a hospital nightly survey that's going to start being done in every hospital so they can all take inventory of the exact amounts of equipment that they have. And he really drove home, you know, I think the fact that this is like a very innovative idea that they're successfully executing. And it was nice to see an example of someone talking about being, you know, first and innovative and having it not make me want to gouge my, gouge my eyes out because it's actually something that is 
100% true, first off, and helpful. So good on you. This is a huge moment of celebration. Very good idea to have that nightly survey. Uh, he also put out a call to businesses that can make P- PPE saying that he'll purchase them and, you know, the state of New York will pay a premium, but we need it like now, he says. Uh, he doesn't have the act that Trump has to start directing companies to start manufacturing this stuff as a governor. So he's putting out the call. Hopefully he'll get a lot of responses. Uh, he also updated on ventilators. He said they've released 600 ventilators to parts of the state and they're also in the process of converting BiPAP machines. And they're also ending all elective surgeries so they can keep as many ventilators uh, available as possible. They're also extending open enrollment in the health exchange for 30 days. So that's an announcement uh, for New Yorkers. And then to round it all out, he has his brother on. And it is really nice. It is a really cool exchange. I enjoyed listening to all of it. It's Friday, end of the week. I thought it'd be a, a nice exchange for us to just end the segment on. It's a, it's a longer clip, so let's roll that. And I asked him to join us by video if he's available. There he is with his hat, Cuomo Prime Time. Say hello to you. There, I saw it. I saw it. It's hard to miss. You're looking. Let's, let's get after it. Let's get after it. I love that saying. You're looking fit and fine. Many people are asking about you. Uh, I tell you the truth. Everyone I talk to is asking about you and how you're doing and how you're handling it and how you feel. Uh, Kara's here, by the way. She's working with me now. She's working on supplies. So she says hello. So how are you feeling? I love Cara. You have great kids. There's, there's no better way to measure what, what you've actually meant in the world than uh, the kids you bring into it. And your daughters are great. And I'm not surprised that they're helping. Um, they make me proud of the family. Thank God the next generation is better than the one that brought it into this world. Uh, I'm doing pretty well, uh, all things considered. This is very tough. I get it now. Um, I've now become part of this group of people who have this virus and they're reaching out and friends and people who are new friends. They have this five, eight, ten days, constant virus, uh, constant fever, and it's tough. And, uh, you know, it's not doing great with my hair. I have to be honest. It's tough to keep hair the way I want it to look. You look like you've been cutting your own hair, which some people are good at, some people are not. Uh, so I've chosen to wear a hat because I don't want to butcher my own haircut. But it's going to be a long slog. But now that I know the fight that I'm in for, I'm more comfortable. Um, and I've learned that I see why it takes people out. you got to rest because your body has the fever because it's fighting the virus. And you've got to chill. I'm very lucky. I have a wife who loves me and who's keeping me fed. i got a nice place to be. So many people don't been very smart, Andrew, in getting people to think about how they can reach out and help people without contact. A lot of people are fighting this alone, and I can't imagine that. I can barely, you know, keep it together, and I have everything done for me. Very lucky. Uh, there are a lot of people who are in a bad way, and they're reaching out to me, and I, I feel for them. So we're in a real fight, and we really do have to remember our connections to each other, because otherwise, there'll be no way through. You're on what? You're on day two? Yeah, I really believe that it didn't start until I got the uh, diagnosis, maybe because 
um, psychosomatic or whatever, but that night I got hit with fever and those rigors, spelled like rigors, R-I-G-O-R-S, but it was like out of a movie. I tell you, I had the hallucination I was seeing pop. Uh, you came to me in a dream. You had on a very interesting ballet outfit and you were dancing in the dream and you were waving a wand and saying, I wish I could wave my wand and make this go away. And then you spun around and you danced away. Well, that's, uh, there's a lot of uh, metaphoric uh, reality in that one. I thank you for sharing that with us. It was kind of you. Uh, obviously, it has. I can't get that picture out of my head. Obviously, the fever has affected your uh, mental capacity. And yeah. And being alone all the time. I think everything I say is funny. <laughs> so, you. You still have a fever? Do you have a fever today? I have a fever right this instant, Governor. Really? Well, you look good. Oh, yeah. I have to tell you, comparatively, you look good. Well, first of all, I appreciate that. I must point out uh, to your audience that you have expressed concern about how I look after today's period several times, and uh, you didn't like my hair. You thought that I was giving a bad look of survival of the virus. I think I'm doing okay. Good. You look good. You sound good. Uh, I I know that uh, sometimes we joke. I'm not going to do that today. You know, rule one is uh, never hit a brother when he's down, and uh, you're literally in the basement. So uh, I'm going to refrain from uh, any rebuttal today. The, you just- I don't know, Andrew. I tell you, this is probably your best chance. Because when I'm healthy, you know what happens when we go toe-to-toe and I'm healthy. So really, if I were you, now's the time to strike. Yeah, but see, that's... You may get sick, but I would come for it now. Once I'm healthy, I'm not going to forget all the jokes you made at my expense. I saw the picture you showed of me okay? No, look... Raised my fever. No, look, first, I have no doubt that you would hit me when I'm down. That's the difference between (laughs) us, and that is my point. (laughs) I, that's not who I am. I hadn't made any jokes. I didn't, it was not a joke. Some people misinterpreted what I said. I said that I was going to send you a book, because I know you're just walking around the basement there, that I was going to send you a book on uh, a uh, 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 beginner's guide to uh, striped bass fishing. But that's only because, you know, you normally fish for porgies, and it's totally different (coughs) to fish for striped bass than porgies. I was never saying anything that was in any way offensive. Uh, well, I appreciate the book. I like to learn. I love to uh, read. I love to fish with you. It's one of my favorite things to do. You're the only person I've ever known who fishes in all white um, because you have no expectation of getting any kind of fish or any type of substance on you at any time when you fish, which has been great training for the virus. You have lived a sterilized existence pretty much the entire time I've known you. Yes. I believe you can fish and still stay neat and clean. I'll tell you this. I love these I think you should have one every day. Yes. I have been. I know you haven't noticed. Oh. Yes. Sorry. Yes. It's sort of like the way you have a show. Yes, I do a briefing. 
You have Cuomo prime time. I have Cuomo all the time. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah hats are available. Yes, way. it is a good-looking hat, and one hour a day. I work 23 hours a day. That's like the mathematical balance. But anyway, you, you, you have to yes. That's your job. That's my job. Uh, I do believe this is going to be a great public service in a ironic way. People are curious about coronavirus. What does it mean? What happens if I get one, get the virus? You living it, showing it, doing it, doing the show, reporting on how you feel, reporting on what you're doing. I think it really takes, it demystifies this. It takes a lot of the unknown out of the equation. Uh, and I know it's a terrible, unfortunate circumstance for you, but uh, think about it from a journalistic point of view, a public service point of view, you are answering questions for millions of Americans. If I get it, what happens? What do I do? What do I look like? How about my family? By the way, best news is, uh, thank God, your uh, family doesn't show any symptoms. Uh, knock for Micah. Yeah. Uh, because uh, if your wife uh, had any symptoms, you would be in the basement for a lot longer than this uh, virus would keep you in the basement, my brother. But... She, uh, let me tell you, I don't know how I would do it without it. I mean, I'm, I've always been emotionally dependent on my wife, but now I don't eat uh, without Christina. That's a problem. The kids won't come anywhere near me. Yeah. The dogs won't even come down the street. <laughs> well, is that I a, had to trick the dog to come in to take a picture with it. Is that a relationship so was, issue or is that like a canine instinct issue? I, I think that, you know, people get into survival mode. And they're like, look, big dog went down. Doesn't mean we all have to go down. And they are keeping their distance. I get a FaceTime uh, alert every once in a while. I get a text message. They are all very proud of you and what you're doing. I know how hard this is uh, for you. I know it's frustrating when you can't control what you need and you know what you need uh, and you know how important it is and you can't get it. And that is very tough. And I've watched it in real time uh, with you and, I can tell people, of course, I'm your brother. I'll never be objective about you. You're my favorite guy. But uh, I've never seen you work harder than now. And I've never seen you have this kind of desperation to source equipment and you're drawing in from everybody you know. And you've done everything you can to stay positive with the federal government. And that is so important right now. And you're doing everything you can. Unfortunately, look, what's one of the big lessons in life that Pop always used to tell us? Certain things you're not going to be able to control. Certain things are going to happen. This virus is one of them. Uh, it happened. It's going to run its course. You guys can't put a number on it. I know there's a huge temptation to do it. I know you're using the models. I talked to Dr. Fauci and all the different experts. People want timing. But we got to be realistic. We don't know how long it's going to last. We only know what we control, which is staying away from one another. And if we do that, well, things will go better. But sometimes in life, you got to ride it out. And when one of those experiences now, people will remember this period maybe more than any other period in our lives. And people will be remembered for how they stepped up right now and what they did and what they didn't do. And I'm very proud of you, big brother, I'll tell you yeah. that. Well, look, uh, I've, said, I've said at this briefing, you know, this is a transformative moment for the state, for the country, I believe that. I also believe it's a moment where you really see what people are made of. Uh, you know, when, when the pressure is on, that's when you see all the cracks and you see all the strength. Uh, 
it's nice to, it's easy to be nice when everything is nice, but when, when the pressure is really on. And for you, when they told you you tested positive, uh, you know, a lot of people's instinct would have been to get in bed, pull the covers over your head, and just uh, lay there. For you to get up, do that show, share with people, that is a strength and a character strength that is really incredible. And you know, we've, we joke a lot, but uh, the strength that you showed here and the dedication to journalism and your skill and your ability to make this okay for people and to communicate it. You can do the coronavirus, have the coronavirus, but you know, life goes on. Uh, I've been saying a thousand times, 80% of the people get it and they will self-resolve, you know. But you're showing that. And uh, not many people would have stood up the way you, you have stood up. And I am ve I've always been proud of you. You know that uh, on, a, on a basic level. Not only do I love you, I've always been proud of you. But I've never been prouder of you than I am right now. You go get some rest. I love you. Everybody loves you. This is going to be fine. You're going to get through it, and you're going to do a beautiful public service in the meantime. And I'm proud of you. And then we'll go fishing, we'll have a drink, and we'll laugh about it. Go get some rest. Thank you for taking the time. And I know that I have to take care of myself. I won't do the show all the time. I'll do it whenever I can. People have been very nice and saying, don't work too much because you don't want to compromise uh, fighting the virus. They are right. You're right to say that as well. And I hear all the advice. I love you. Thank you for letting me join today. I'll enjoy watching this now that I know it's a regular thing. I'll watch it every day um, because I'm stuck in the basement. Thank you. Thank you for saying such loving, supportive things. You need me, you know where I am. Rule one, never hit a brother when he's down. In the basement. Love you. In the basement. In the basement. Love you. Ciao. Bye. So cool hearing them talk. Um, everybody's hoping for a speedy recovery, obviously, for Chris. And I just love seeing their brotherhood play out. It's nice and uplifting. Um, at the end, when they say I love you to each other, I love that. That got me. It's very, it's very, you know, brave as a strong, big New York man to say I love you on national television to your brother. It's amazing. I love it. Uh, I wish everybody was more open with their affection for each other. I think that is all I got for this Cuomo piece. Um, thank you, everybody, for all of your kind messages. I know I got a little bit uh, cry and Glenn Becky on the episode a couple days ago. Thank you for not um, making fun of my Glenn Beck tendencies and being really supportive. I really appreciate that. Been kind of having a tough couple days, so I'm sort of uh, off my game today too i love you all please be good to each other i know you all are you're the best we got the best fans i know there's so many of you that are doing amazing things and you're staying inside and you're being strong for yourself and for everybody around you and it means uh so much to the world right now so have a great weekend as much as you can and we'll see you guys uh for miller Shroom. all right thanks so much jordan thanks for that uh important information and and that important update uh really appreciate you sending that in and uh i miss you i miss your face uh everybody stick around we'll be right back after this quick break with more news don't go away after these messages we'll be right back 
Hey everybody, this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Laurel Springs. Are you homeschooling your kids right now? Parents always want to encourage their children to pursue their dreams and provide opportunities that give them the best chance to succeed. Sometimes that means optimizing their routine, making it more flexible, more dynamic, so they have more time to focus on the things that they love, like you. And that's where Laurel Springs comes in. Laurel Springs is an accredited online private school for students in kindergarten through 12th grade, K through 12. They recognize each child as a unique individual with their own personal interest and unique learning styles. I love their flexible learning program that offers challenging and diverse elective courses in an online format, which is great right now. Laurel Springs is an accredited uh, you know, um, institution by the Western Association of Schools and Colleges and Advanced Ed, which means the transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. Uh, I like how accommodating the Laurel Springs online program is. It's very flexible. Uh, it's a competency-based and, and it's an asynchronous approach, meaning students have the opportunity to progress through the material at a pace that honors their individual skills and knowledge and learning style. And they also offer rolling enrollment, which allows the student to begin work at any time of the year. So register your child at laurelsprings.com slash dailybeans today and receive a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com slash dailybeans for your waived registration fee. laurelsprings.com slash dailybeans. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, Today's White House task force briefing included appearances from the Small Business Administration administrator, who said, uh, opened her statement with, Ivanka Trump and I uh, have been working with Mnuchin. Uh, So I pretty much just tuned her out after that. Everything she has to say after that is trash. Uh, The Small Business Administration, um, though, uh, we learned will only forgive loans for small businesses if the money goes towards retention. You can't just spend it on whatever. It has to be towards retention, like payroll. And certain there are going to be certain other criteria, which she didn't cover. Uh, Everything else, she said, was pretty much just lip service. Then uh, Steve got up and said something about uh, when Obama sent out these checks, it took months. I'm going to do it in weeks. Uh, That was in response to a lot of questions where some people might not get their stimulus checks for up to 20 weeks um, because of a lot of complications. And I was like, what what checks did Obama send out? I mean, he gave us a 2% tax break, but there weren't any checks. Was he referring to the checks that Bush sent out Um, and blaming Obama on it, kind of like they do with Katrina? I don't know what, what... Obama checks he was referring to. Anyway, lies. He also said uh, the loan is up and running uh, tomorrow, so you can go to any bank and get these small business loans. That is also a lie. You cannot go to any bank. You have to go to the bank that you bank with. You can't just go into Citibank if you bank with Bank of America and expect to get these small business loans. So just these press conferences, task force briefings are just complete and utter bullshit. Um, I don't believe anything that comes out of their mouths. And and after Steve and the small business administrator left, Trump got back up. Both networks cut away when Trump started talking, which pleases me. Hopefully soon they won't run Trump at all. Uh, but then they brought the cameras back on for a minute on Trump. But then they cut away again when Kushner got up. Trump, <laughs> Trump introduced Jared Kushner, fucking task czar, who I don't think the fuck knows what he's doing. He's just trying to make money off of this. Uh, and I don't know what he said because they cut away from him when he started talking, which was great. Uh, it's one of my favorite things that happens is when they cut away from people like that. So bye, Kushner. Uh, they even they left they left the my pillow guy on longer than they had Jared Kushner up there. So that just gives you a little bit of a taste of of priorities in the newsroom. Uh, and speaking of the useless task force press briefings, the White House Correspondents Association. Uh, voted to remove the OAN reporter, One American Network reporter, from the room. 
uh, yesterday, if, and permanently, by the way, yesterday and, and the day before, she didn't have permission to be there. Like they rotate in. They rotate in butts in the seats because they're social distancing. Everyone has to sit six chairs away. And she didn't have permission to be there. She stood up in the back of the room and showed up and just stood up there anyhow. So the WHCA, the White House Correspondents Association, wrote a letter saying the WHCA issued policy last month to restrict seating in the James Brady press briefing room to comply with CDC guidelines on social distancing. Under this policy, we have asked reporters who do not have a seat to not attend the press briefings. We appreciate your cooperation as we do our part to ensure the safety of the White House press corps and the White House staff during this difficult time. We are writing to inform you that the WHCA board has voted to remove a news outlet from the rotation for a seat in the briefing room. We did this because a reporter for this outlet twice attended press briefings in contravention to this policy. We do not take this action lightly. This is a matter of public safety. Thank you. Uh, They are talking about the OAN crazy woman. And she, I, I, a couple of times, I, she, first of all, one of her questions was, you know, only 400 people have died of coronavirus, and it was like 2,000. But she goes, only 400 people have died, and, but what about the 2,000 babies that are killed by abortions? And that, that was one of her questions. And then another one of the ones that she asked had to do with, you know, you, 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 you rightfully call this the Chinese virus uh, because it originated in China. And then here come the left-wing liberal media, uh, deep state media, you know, trying to call you a racist when they're colluding with China and probably spreading disinformation as right now as we speak. What do you say about that to them who tell you to stop calling it the Chinese virus? Shit like that. So they're gone. And then moving along here, the IRS has released its timeline for pandemic relief payment checks to be mailed. These uh, these are the $1,200 checks for a single person making less than $75,000 a year or a couple making less than $150,000 a year, a year. And that $1,200 goes down as your salary goes up, and it's capped at a couple making $198,000 and a single person making $99,000 and $500 per child. Direct deposits are supposed to begin the week of April 13th, and paper checks don't go out until the week of May 4th. Um, They will be using your direct deposit bank account information that you filed with the last time you filed taxes. People who don't file taxes will be getting paper checks. No clue how they're going to pay rent or mortgages until May, but that's when you get not like a $1,200 check is going to cover rent or mortgage in California or New York anyway, but... Or other states. I know there's a lot of other states that where rent is the rent is too damn high. Uh, Social Security beneficiaries do not file taxes, and previous IRS guidance on this said, "quote People who typically do not file a tax return will need to file a simple tax return to receive an economic impact payment. Low-income taxpayers, senior citizens, Social Security recipients, some veterans, and individuals with disabilities who are otherwise not required to file a tax return will not owe tax." Uh, but you have to file a simple return. That was the previous guidance. That created a ton of confusion. So Steve got up and made a clarifying statement yesterday saying Social Security beneficiaries will not have to file a simple tax return. The IRS will use information from your 1099A forms to get the money to you the same way you get your Social Security money. Uh, so he that's what he says. Do you believe him? I don't know. We'll see. Full-time college students claimed as dependents will not receive money. So if you're a full-time college student and you are claimed on your parents' tax forms, you don't get money. Uh, Those with income from spousal support only 
If you do not file taxes and you're not on your partner's form, you need to get your income information and banking information to the IRS by either filing a simple tax return or going to the IRS portal and putting in your information. When that is up and running, it is not yet. Uh, If you get your Social Security, you'll get a check based on your 1099 information. But if you also work, they'll base the money on what you've filed for your taxes. Uh, If you want to update your direct deposit information, like I said, the IRS will be launching a portal online for you to do that. And we did get a lot of questions when we had our tax expert on about, will I have to pay this back if I make more money in 2020 than I did in the last, you know, the last time, whatever tax year they used to calculate this payment? And the answer is no, you do not have to, you won't owe uh, based on this. It is not taxable, so it can't count towards that. So, uh, and I've looked at the language, um, I've gone over the language with some tax experts, and that's the way I read it as well. And this week we saw a 6.6 million dollar, excuse me, 6.6 million jobless claims filed. That's double the week before. We had 3.3 million the week before, and this week came out 6.6 million. Despite that and the low consumer confidence, the Dow was up almost 500 points at the end of trading, but it tanked early uh, in the morning. It was a very volatile day on Wall Street, major swings, but it ended up in the green, up almost 500 points. Um, of course, the market's not the economy. The economy's not the market. Thank you, Kai Rizdal. That's from P500. Uh, this is Marketplace. Um, I just love that guy. Anyway, I don't see how this can continue. Um, we're going to get the unemployment numbers um, for the month pretty soon here, uh, and we will update you on that. It's not going to be pretty. And Benny Thompson, Democrat from Mississippi and chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, is proposing a post-9-11 style commission to provide a full accounting of the nation's handling of the coronavirus threat before it became a full-blown pandemic that threatens to leave hundreds of thousands of Americans dead. The the range put out by the White House now, which is agreeing with the models given by HME, is 100,000 to 200,000. Uh, Quote, Americans will need answers on how our government can work better to prevent similar crises from happening again. This legislation we are introducing is the first step towards getting this done for the American people, unquote. So much like the 9-11 Commission, where they went through everything that happened, not so much to find out who, you know, who did it or if did Bush fuck us over or was it an inside job, loose change, blah, chemtrails. That was it was just more to find out. Uh, where the failures were, where the bottlenecks were in Intel and how we can prevent this from happening again. That is how the Director of National Intelligence and the Office of Director of National Intelligence was was conceived. They they put someone atop the 17 intelligence agencies to coordinate communication between that. Right now we have somebody sitting in that position who doesn't have one minute of Intel experience, so that's comforting. Uh, And, uh, you know, I'm assuming we're a little more vulnerable than we usually are because we're busy dealing with the thing. Uh, So this measure, though, would establish a 25 member commission selected by the chair and ranking Republican of each of 12 House committees. So the Democratic chair and the ranking Republican of each of the 12 House committees will select uh, a member. uh, And then there's one member selected jointly by the vice chair and uh, the chair and the vice chair of the joint. No, just the vice chair of the Joint Economic Committee. So that makes 25 folks. Uh, the panel will be given subpoena power. Uh, it, and here's the thing. The, the Republicans are going to select 12 Republicans. Democrats are going to select 12 Democrats. But that one tiebreaker selected by the vice chair of the Joint Economic Committee. And let's go and see who that is, shall we? Let's see. Joint chair. 
And if it is who I think it is, it is a Republican Mike Lee. Yep, yep, yep. It is Mike Lee, Utah, conservative, libertarian-leaning Republican, Tea Party guy. He is the tiebreaker. So uh, I don't even know if they vote on anything. But that is how the committee is going to, the panel is going to be put together. It would be given subpoena power. They would have sweeping authority to conduct a comprehensive 18-month investigation to, quote, make a full and complete accounting of the circumstances surrounding the emergence of the 2019 novel coronavirus, the nation's uh, preparedness for the 2019 coronavirus pandemic, and the actions taken by federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial governments at critical junctures before and after the World Health Organization designated the 2019 novel coronavirus as a public health emergency of international concern. That was January 30th, 2020. So that's what the panel is going to be tasked with. I believe they're talking about starting this after the election. I think Adam Schiff mentioned that to the Washington Post. He didn't want to start this until after the election. Um, but we'll have more information on uh, on this for you as it develops. Uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think it definitely needs to be investigated. So I welcome this commission. Uh, we will be right back with more news right after this quick break. So stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by Ritual. We all want to do the right things to keep our bodies healthy in the long run, especially as we're uh, all quarantining at home and self-isolating. But even if we try really hard to eat kale salads and drink green smoothies, it doesn't always work out that way. And we're probably not getting all the essential nutrients we need on a daily basis, even when we do. Enter Ritual, the obsessively obsessively researched vitamin for women. Ritual's Essentials has the nutrients most of us don't get enough of, all in their clean, absorbable forms. No shady additives, no weird ingredients. Two easy-to-take capsules provide nine nutrients you need to support a strong foundation for your health. I started taking Ritual a few months ago, and I already feel more energy. I feel great. I feel clarity. Mentally, I feel good knowing that I'm actually getting the vitamins my body needs. I'm filling in those gaps in my diet. Ritual Essential for Women is the ultimate multivitamin to help fight the gaps uh, and fill those gaps in your diet. From D3 to Omega-3, their no-nausea capsule is gentle on an empty stomach, so you can take them without food, uh, which is great for me because I I intermittently fast. And there's a mint tab in every bottle to keep it fresh so you don't get that fishy taste uh, coming up over and over again that you get with Omega-3 sometimes. You know what I'm talking about. Ritual uses vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free ingredients. Super clean, super wonderful, and not no nausea, no fishy taste. It's delivered directly to your subscription. It's easy to start, easy to snooze, and it's only a dollar a day to have all these essential nutrients your body needs delivered every month. No strings attached. Better health doesn't happen overnight. Take care of yourself while you're in self-isolation. And right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off your first three months. So fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women. Uh, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Uh, just moments ago, I found this out, and I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm really mad. Uh, the U.S. Navy has fired the commanding officer of the aircraft carrier USS Theodore Roosevelt, Captain Brett Crozier, the carrier's commander, CO, commanding officer, wrote uh, a letter pleading with the Navy to take action to evacuate the ship, sent it up the chain of command, uh, and he wanted to evacuate the ship amid a very serious coronavirus outbreak on the ship, which you cannot control. People are sleeping, you know, thrice up and out. There are three stacked people on top of each other. The the gangways are tiny. The You have to duck through the thing. It is, you are smushed in there like fucking sardines. And it would have just spread like wildfire. He sent a letter up immediately. I need to evacuate people. I need to evacuate the healthy people off onto the island of Guam and leave the leave the sick on board. Uh, and apparently when he sent that letter up, he sent it to a lot of different people. 
and up the chain of command. And apparently that leaked to the media, which uh, the Navy doesn't take none too kindly to. Acting Secretary of the Navy Thomas Modley personally relieved uh, Crozier, announcing that he made the decision after a loss of confidence in the carrier skipper. Of course, we have an acting Secretary of the Navy because the other Secretary of the Navy resigned uh, amid the whole Gallagher shit, you know, the the that whole war criminal Trump intervention assholery. Uh, he says, quote, Today at my direction, the commanding officer of the USS Theodore Roosevelt, Captain Brett Crozier, was relieved of command. Acting Secretary of the Navy, Thomas, this is the acting Secretary of the Navy. He told the Pentagon this on Thursday, and he said he did not come to this decision lightly. Yeah, whatever. Trump called you and told you to fucking do it. That's beans. I don't have proof of that. I don't have proof. I want you to know. I'm just mad. Apparently, the letter the captain wrote to the Pentagon leaked to the San Francisco Chronicle, which is his home paper where he hails from. Uh, And the letter said, the spread of this disease is ongoing and accelerating. Sailors do not need to die. If we do not act now, we are failing to properly take care of our most trusted asset, our sailors. As of Wednesday, 93 sailors aboard uh, the Roosevelt had tested positive for coronavirus. It was 21 the day before. Uh, After the letter leaked, the Navy began evacuating the ship with a thousand sailors already having gone ashore, 2,700 more to follow in the coming days. U.S. officials have told Reuters that the captain is being fired because he leaked the letter, not because he wrote it. Uh, And he's not being demoted. He's just being relieved of his command. And this sounds to me like Trump just wanted to get him gone. It's a waste of an awesome leader. I hope someone blows the whistle on this shit. The timing is bad. This sends a bad message to other captains. It's a chilling effect on, on whistleblowers or, you know, keep your mouth shut. Send something up the chain of command. And if we don't do anything, too bad. Um, it will have a t- terrible negative effect and chilling impact on other captains who find themselves in similar situations. This is, you think this is going to be the only Navy boat that has coronavirus on it? And yes, I call them boats because I was in the Navy, so you got to let me. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm pretty mad about this. Uh, what's been going on with our armed forces is it's repugnant. And in other Trump fail news, remember last week, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, our awesome governor, our handsome governor, our brilliant governor here in California, got 170 broken ventilators, had to be refurbished, sent them up to Silicon Valley, got them fixed and deployed them. Um, And I had asked on Twitter if FEMA was even inspecting these things before sending them out. I mean, much like, you know, I've worked for the government for a long time. It's a lot like how you maintain a elevator or a fire extinguisher. You have it inspected you put a date on it and you have to do that every year. And if you if that date lapses, it's no good anymore and it likely won't work and you can't use it uh, even if it does work. So what what I was asking is why isn't FEMA inspecting these? There's got to be a, a thing where you go in and even gas station bathrooms do this shit, you know, last cleaned yesterday. Um. No, apparently that wasn't happening. And I was wondering also, maybe they, maybe they just don't inspect them. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they're deliberately sending broken shit to blue states. I don't know. I wouldn't put anything past them. I don't have any proof of that either. Anyway, the New York Times is now reporting that while Trump had assured states that thousands of ventilators remain at the ready, there are, in fact, thousands in the stockpile that have not been maintained or are unusable. So federal officials have neglected to tell us that 2,109 ventilators are unavailable from the stockpile after the contract to maintain them lapsed last year. We aren't even doing it ourselves. That's something the Pentagon could do. We give them 800 gazillion dollars a fucking year. They can buy. Anyway, 
Right around the same time, multiple organizations were warning the president that a pandemic would wreak havoc on American lives and cripple the economy. This news came to light after inquiries to the Department of Health and Human Services began after state officials had reported that some of the ventilators were not operational, such as Gavin Newsom. And further, federal officials revealed yesterday that the stockpile of medical gear was nearly depleted anyhow. Uh, Health and Human Services had not responded to requests for comment about that. So, good job. (laughs) Um, And here's something interesting. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert and the front-facing person of the U.S. response to the novel coronavirus pandemic outside of Trump and Cuomo, is facing growing threats to his safety, prompting the government to set up his security, step up his security, according to people familiar with the matter. They're putting uh, a security detail together for this guy. Why, do you ask? What could... But everyone loves Fauci. Uh, Yes, everyone with a brain loves Fauci. But he has become a public target for a lot of right-wing commentators and bloggers who exercise influence over part of the president's base. Uh, As they press for the president to ease restrictions, to reinvigorate economic activity, you know, the Easter miracle, some of these figures have assailed assailed Fauci and questioned his expertise. Um, And it's been fucking disgusting. Uh, Just this hatred for science and truth and facts because they disagree with what the president says. It's absolutely bonkers and it's disgusting and it's anti-American and I'm really mad about that too. I'll be okay though. I just need to breathe. Um, So they're going after him and he has to step up his security now. And of course we know that Trump, you know, it was Fauci and the IHME and other doctors and scientists who sat Trump down again and had to tell him again, look, we're looking at 100 to 200,000 dead and you need to stop with this fucking, we're going to open up by Easter bullshit. And they showed him all the graphs and the the shortage of ventilators that would happen. And now he's on it. Now he's saying, oh, yeah, if it weren't for me, if it weren't for me doing this, if it weren't for me, you'd have two million dead. And instead, we're only going to have 100,000 dead. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I'm tremendous. Winning. Hashtag winning. So this is, of course, Dr. Fauci leading this charge. And and now, because right-wing fascist assholes think he's part of the deep state, because last month, an article depicting him as an agent of the deep state had 25,000 interactions on Facebook, and it was posted to large pro-Trump groups with titles such as Trump Strong and Tampa Bay Trump Club. Okay. Um, Asked Wednesday whether he was receiving security protection, Fauci told reporters, I would have to refer you to Health and Human Services Inspector General on that. I wouldn't comment. Then the president pushed in and said he doesn't need security. Everybody loves him. So Trump is trying to hide the fact that his rhetoric is causing threats to the life of a doctor who is advising him and whose advice he appears to be taking but won't say the numbers out loud. So Health and Human Services asked the U.S. Marshal Service to deputize a group of agents in the office of the HHS Inspector General to provide protective services for the doctor. And that's according to an official with knowledge of this request. For, and so it, it's just absolutely stunning. Um, Trump, nope, he doesn't need security. Everything's fine. Uh, but everything that he says is causing and his supporters, everything his supporters are saying are causing him to need this security because of these threats from right wing commentators and bloggers. Just, you know, people who think that viruses are partisan. It's a deep state virus. Uh, it's a libtard virus. Uh, HHS uh, is dropping the ball on this one. Uh, and I'm I'm I can't. I look forward to the day that Dr. Fauci can just speak his mind. 
And from the New York Times today, two weeks ago, about 70 students from the University of Texas at Austin went to Mexico for spring break on a private chartered plane to Cabo San Lucas with some some of them returning on uh, separately on commercial flights back to Texas. Uh, 70 kids, 44 of them have tested positive for coronavirus. This is the latest outbreak resulting from college students who ignored the social distancing guidelines and partied during spring break who have tested positive, many of whom seem to be under the mistaken impression that young people can't get the virus. Uh, I'm sure we all remember that red-faced kid saying he wasn't going to let coronavirus stop him from partying. If I get corona, I get corona. It's not going to stop me from partying. He actually went on Instagram the next day and profusely apologized for his ignorance. Uh, And these Texas students are not the only ones. Uh, There are groups of outbreaks from students at the University of Tampa, the University of Wisconsin, uh, all of whom then returned from spring break and brought the disease back with them to Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi, everywhere uh, they went home, went home too. And now comes the time-consuming task of contact tracing, as health officials in Austin are attempting to contact everyone who may have come in contact with the infected students using flight manifests given to them by the CDC, Center for Disease Control, and the officials who are reporting that at least four of the 44 students uh, that tested positive are not showing any symptoms. Um, the, the brazen and willful ignorance will cause death. J.B. Bird, the director of media relations at the university, said the incident is a very strong reminder of the importance of taking seriously the warnings of public health authorities on the risks of COVID-19. And uh, Cameron Goodman had something to say. This is the school student body president, government student government president, whatever, whatever, Cameron Goodman. He says, I'm not going to judge those students' decision. A lot of students had to make some tough decisions about their spring break plans. Mm, yeah, I feel real bad uh, for Buffy and Chad, who had to board private chartered flights to Cabo San Lucas uh, because otherwise their daddies wouldn't get their deposit. Yeah, I feel really, I feel super bad about these difficult decisions these these folks had to make. Mm, yeah, so sad. Uh, but the company that sold these trips didn't help either. So let's let's shift the blame a little bit off the young, the young, and 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 let's talk about the companies, the corporations that are fueling this shit. Because if it weren't for them, uh, you'll see what I mean. The company that sold these trips encouraged the students not to cancel, refusing to give back deposits and sending an email on March 3rd saying, we believe that our travel destinations remain among the safest and most enjoyable places in the world to visit right now. That was uh, March 3rd. And then they sent another email out March 12th saying, uh, we're currently in our second week of Cabo and have had almost 5,000 travelers, all with no issues. And they weren't giving deposits back. Um, So the company is called Just College, J-U-S College. And uh, after this whole thing went down, after all the shit hit the fan, they posted on their website that they were postponing remaining spring break trips until a later date this year. Sue those fuckers is what I say. And we'll be right back with Amanda Reader in the good news block. You don't want to miss it. I'm I'm going to need it. I'm a little angry today. <laughs> and I probably made you angry too. And I'm really sorry. It's like, uh, hope you're doing some rage cardio or something. It's, it's, uh, today was a day uh, in the news. And uh, we need this good news block. And it's coming right after this break. So stick around. Hey, everybody. It's AG. This Helping of Daily Beans is brought to you by Noom. 
We all want to get in better shape. Uh, We often set unrealistic goals and have a difficult time achieving them. And now we're all isolating at home. We can't go to the gym. We can't have our regular structure. And that is where Noom is going to be so helpful because it doesn't have to be about losing a specific amount of weight or a magic number on the scale. That's not what it's about for me. But it's about just building and maintaining healthy habits and feeling better about yourself. That's why I love this habit-changing program from Noom. They help you develop a new relationship with food and adjust to your lifestyle, which we've all had to make some adjustments to recently. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to analyzing your diet, recommending healthy recipes. And they connect you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers, which is so important to have support during these times. Uh, I've been on Noom for quite a while now. Uh, At first, I lost weight. Yes, but I've been able to keep it off uh, since then using this cognitive behavioral approach. Uh, You pick the goals that are right for you and Noom personalizes a program to help your goals become reality. Um, you don't have to commit to a rigorous plan either. It's just 10 minutes a day. And they make it really convenient with the Noom app. Noom doesn't use negative reinforcement. So there's no shaming if you go off track because there's going to be pizza nights in quarantine, I'm telling you. And this just helps you just, you know, hey, that's what happens. Pizza night. I deserved it. I love it. Pizza's great. Just, you know, maybe not every day, but hey, whatever. It's just a lot of tips to help you get back on track tomorrow, not shaming you for what you did today. It's a perfect time to make a step towards healthy habits. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash Daily Beans. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom dot com slash Daily Beans to start your trial today. That's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash Daily Beans. You'll be glad you did. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is time for good news. And that means with me today, I have Amanda Reeder. Amanda, how are you? I'm doing well today. How are you doing? I'm doing okay today. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, it's, you know, obviously everything's fucking weird, but I'm doing good. Yeah, it's very, uh, my emotions are are like just coming in waves. My like, my periods of feeling really optimistic, those come in waves. And I'm like, I can do this. I'm resilient. I'm adaptable. And then the feelings of like utter dread and anxiety also come in waves. <laughs> yeah, they they do that. They seem to come. I have like times of day for certain feelings. It's, it's interesting. But uh, this is all about the good news, and we have a lot of it today. Uh, before before I hand it over to you, I have some late-breaking good news. The Federal the Food and Drug Administration has revised its blood donor guidelines today, significantly easing the restrictions on gay men. Um, the new guidelines reduce the donation deferral period for sexually active gay and bisexual men from 12 months to three months, meaning these otherwise healthy men will now have to abstain from same-sex sexual activity for 90 days before they're eligible to donate blood. Um, other 12 month deferral periods have also been shortened under the new guidelines, including those for people who have traveled to areas with certain endemic diseases, those who have engaged in injection drug use and people who have participated in commercial sex work, along with people who have recently gotten piercings and tattoos. And while personally, this seems paltry and doesn't go far enough for me, like I'm supposed to be thankful that, um, gay and bisexual men have to abstain from gay and bisexual, same sex sex for 90 days. Mm hmm. My hope is, and this is why I put it in the good news slot, is that they will learn that these groups of folks, you know, commercial sex workers, tattooed piercings, gay bisexual men who've who've had intercourse in the last 90 days, uh, are not a risk. That's what I'm hoping that they learn from this, is that this is not any any higher of a risk than any other group of people. So the Surgeon General said of the easing, 
these changes are based on the best science we have regarding the time it takes uh, to test positive for HIV, saying the updated guidance would reduce stigma and encourage more people to do the right thing, which is donate blood. So in the same breath, he's talking about, you know, three months, we can find out if you have the HIV, gay men, uh, but, you know, this will reduce the stigma. So <laughs> it's it's hard to find the silver lining here, but I'm my again, my hope is that they will learn that this is not a high-risk group, as, along with all those other groups I mentioned. Yeah, it's definitely still discriminatory, but it's definitely a step forward. And I know that there are so many gay and bisexual men um, who are in same-sex relationships or or not who would love to give blood. So I, I'm hoping that uh, that this will help with that. Yeah, it's sort of like when they went to civil unions uh, instead of marriage and and everyone was supposed to be thankful. Uh, it's, it's not where it should be, but I guess it's a step closer, which is not something I expected from this administration with, especially with Mike Pence as the head of the task force. So I guess at least there's that, but I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's a, that's a step forward. I have a, I have a lot of good news today. Excellent. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. Um, people send it to us, uh, via email and on Instagram and on Twitter and on Patreon and on Facebook. So I don't have your stories. So uh, this is from a listener named Sarah Francisco, and she said, Massachusetts is getting a shipment of 1.2 million N95 masks from China, and they used the Patriots team plane to go pick them up. Wicked sick Boston stuff happening right here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess, yeah. I mean, there are less commercial planes on the go or even, even, um, uh, you know, uh, corporate planes full of supplies so it's pretty cool that they're using the patriots team to fly to china and pick up the masks um that's that's like something from an avengers movie (laughs) totally um this is from julie m and she said my husband uh built us a free pantry for in front of our house we uh probably illegally bolted it to the sidewalk near our home in campbell california and we have stocked it full of non-perishable foods personal hygiene items and beverages uh that the neighborhood started to join in and have also helped to keep it stocked just trying to spread some love and hope in these trying times how cool i love that yeah um this is from john and he said trump has asked his creditors at deutsche bank for a delay in payments on his loans if they deny him and trump defaults on the deutsche uh, defaults on them deutsche bank can legally repossess the property and all his assets this is the best news i've heard all day yeah i don't know if they're gonna but we'll see what happens but that's pretty great yeah he, <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> that's just funny yeah, it's funny. Um, this is from someone named Elko, who said, Trump has asked Jeff Sessions to stop invoking his name in his election. <laughs> you little racist possum. That is that is the best little piece of schadenfreude I've heard in a while. God, that's so good. Um, this is from Carolyn, and uh, we have had so many amazing listeners who've been who've been helping out. So many of our listeners are helpers. Um, Carolyn said, "I've been organizing my local quilt guild in the Bay Area, and we have made over 600 masks for medical centers, hospitals, and community health and food workers." And in case you didn't know, um, they just announced it. Well, I don't know if it's a statewide thing or not, but at least here in San Diego. Um, and in LA as well, they're recommending that everyone wears masks. So if you're going out to do your grocery shopping or getting essential stuff done, you should be wearing a face covering of some kind. And then anybody who works in an essential business is going to be required to wear a mask too in California. So um, the more we can make, the better yep, to keep yep. everyone safe. 
Um, this is from Tracy, and she said, more and more grocery store workers are now getting hazard pay. Uh, it's now happening with the chain Kroger. They're going to get an additional $2 per hour. Oh, good. That's not enough, but but better than nothing. No, not enough. This is from Louise, and she said, uh, I love both of your podcasts. I'm a longtime listener. Thank you for all your coverage of Liberty University and its shitty, brainless, asshole-ish act- asshole-ish ac- actions. <laughs> uh, uh, that's that doesn't roll off the tongue very easy. Assholeish actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live in Lynchburg, Virginia, and I've had lifelong disgust for Liberty University and the Falwells. Your awesomely scathing commentary and how stupid and awful they are has been cathartic for me and so good for my soul in these tense times. So thank you, and please keep it coming. And please know that not all of us in Lynchburg are crazy right wing assholes. Some of us are good Democrats who canvass for Warren. <laughs> nice. Uh, so thank you, Louise. And this is from Mike, who said, here's a pro-queer bright spot for Amanda's good news segment. Uh, throughout the response to COVID-19, Pennsylvania's Governor Tom Wolf, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, and the Secretary of Health, Dr. Rachel Levine, have portrayed calm and acted decisively. Dr. Levine has been particularly great in, in Pennsylvania, and she's also a trans woman. Here's a really nice write-up, and um, he linked to the Pittsburgh City Paper, and the title of the article is Celebrating Pennsylvania's Heroine of the Pandemic, Dr. Rachel Levine. Awesome. So I love that. Um, this is from an anonymous listener who said, I'm an emergency responder in our county's public health department. My 15-year-old son, while keeping up with remote schooling, has also been learning to cook and making dinner for me because I'm so tired by the time I get home. Hashtag proud mama. What? Hell yeah. That is so great. That I know, right? I love it. People stepping up. Um, this, is a, this is a rad one. This is from a Twitter user called at Studio Michaud. I think I said that correctly. And uh, they said 3M is on to Trump's bullshit and is donating tens of millions in medical supplies directly to states that need it the most. Trump is mad at them for doing an end run around them. My husband works there and that's what they were told. That's why Trump said in the briefing that they were, quote unquote, having trouble with 3M. Yeah, they told them to pound sand. Uh, I love this Minnesota company. Excellent. Yes. And, And we had spoken about this a little bit before that Trump didn't like the CEO of, of 3M, which I believe is a woman. Uh, and so, you know, uh, par for the course. So that's really, really cool to hear from the inside of 3M. I've, I've got my, I've got about nine 3M and 95 masks from, you know, home construction projects over the years. So uh, I, I support them fully and I'm glad they're doing that. Oh, and speaking of, if you're, you know, for when we all have to wear masks to go out, um, we need to be leaving the medical grade masks to the to the healthcare providers and uh but you know a lot of people are making and sewing these masks so i, I imagine we're going to be flooded with awesome donations soon yeah yeah obviously um n95 and medical grade masks should be left for healthcare professionals or donated to healthcare professionals but um as of uh as of today, California and also I think the CDC is recommending face coverings, but those can be anything. It can be a scarf. It can be a mask you made yourself or um, actually Joelle and I just bought some really cute homemade masks on Etsy that someone else has sewn for us. And um, I'm going to try my hand at making my own. We have a, a sewing machine gathering dust in the closet, so we'll see how that goes. But um, obviously there are a lot of ways to make your own. I actually saw, I can't remember which late night show I was watching um, one of them. It's so funny watching all of the late night shows from people's houses. <laughs> um, they're all just recording them like in their in their living rooms or whatever. But um, uh, people in Italy are using uh, sanitary products like women's pads 
<laughs> because they're sticky and they'll stick it to your face. So if you don't have anything to, to use, you could use a uh, you can use a pad. Yeah, just, you know what? A handkerchief, scarf, anything that you have. Honestly, for real, is like the whole point of this is, is is not for you to catch it. It's for you to not give it to someone. That's the whole point of a mask. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that there's a lot of confusion about that. I hear people talking um, out when I go out to the store or whatever. They talk about how, you know, they, they would wear a handkerchief, but they heard it doesn't protect them from the virus. I'm like, bitch, it ain't about you. But, uh, <laughs> you and know. And also, don't forget, a lot of you, you, you have no idea whether or not you're an asymptomatic carrier. Um, you know, it's about, it's for the, it's for the common good, which is a, it's a concept a lot of Americans are getting a crash course in right now, I think. Mm, yes, yes. Act as if you have it. And if you give it to someone, they'll give it to 2.3 people. And in four days, 40,000 people will be infected. If 1% die, then you have inadvertently killed 40 people. So just put something over your mouth or stay home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm not actually suggesting that anyone use a pad, by the way. It's just there's a really hilarious tutorial from an Italian man on YouTube that I recommend you that you that you watch. It's pretty funny. It is really it is so funny. It's worth your time. It's worth it's worth the minute. Uh, okay, this is from Steven, and uh, he said, I have a good news story for you all. This past week, I got a call from my mother, who has been a lifelong Republican. She even worked for former for, for Denner, Dennis Hastert, former Speaker of the House, when he was still in the Illinois House of Representatives. She was complaining to me about all the bad things the president has been doing and saying lately, and I replied to her that the party that she has always belonged to no longer really exists. She proceeded to tell me that she received her absentee ballot and is going to circle Joe Biden. I was shocked. <gasps> I guess even lightly lifelong Republicans in their late 70s can change. Wow. Rad. Yeah. I love that. Um, all right. Where are we here? This is from Nikki Handler, who said, Michelle Luan Grisham is doing a fantastic job in New Mexico. She has a public health background and, of course, was a con- congressional representative. She briefs the state daily, uh, tweets, um, communicates really, really well, and does what needs to be done. She is a terrific leader and a really great governor. Her background running the state's public health department has really helped inform her leadership with COVID-19. So. Nice. People who understand science. <laughs> it's nice, isn't it? And by the way, I accidentally, I think I called uh, Governor Whitmer, Governor Whitman yesterday. It's Whitmer in, uh, for Michiganders. So if I, you know, sorry about that. <laughs> I actually, uh, speaking of Governor Whitmer, I actually have one about Governor Whitmer here from Mary Hansen. And she said, I'm really proud of Michigan's Governor Whitmer, or as Trump calls her that in Michigan. <laughs> she refuses to engage or even fully criticize Trump for his disrespect and failure to meet our state's needs. But she has acted early and aggressively with school closing, self-quarantine, and countless other things, including getting water back on for customers who have had it shut off. Wow. So, oh, yeah. And then this is the very last one um, about California. And it says, um, this is from Rebecca. She said, I read an article about upcoming COVID-19 projections here in California, and we're expected to have our peak in late April or early May. Because of Governor Newsom's early shelter-in-place order and the measures he's taken to expand hospital capacity, we are projected to have enough ICU beds and enough hospital beds in general to handle things as long as we can continue to maintain the shelter-in-place. So glimmers of good news. Yep, that's according to the IHME. Uh, Those are the graphs you can find uh, that uh, uh, Dr. Burks uh, brought out uh, at yesterday's briefing, that yes, if we continue to shelter in place in California, we will keep our deaths under 6,000. 
and we will have enough ICU beds, which means enough ventilators, because that's what defines an ICU bed as a ventilator, and uh, enough hospital capacity. Uh, so very, very good news. Keep doing what you're doing, and we have to do it until uh, maybe until June, uh, and then reassess at that time. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. So that was the good news for today. I, I it's it honestly it's been such a it's been really wonderful to put these together lately. It's always been great to put these together, but particularly the last few weeks, it's been really uplifting. So thank you for sending in all of your stories. And I don't know if you mentioned it on the show already yet, but we have our, I guess today, if people are listening on Friday, today is our uh, quarantine happy hour live stream at 4 p.m. Pacific time. And if you're a patron, you might be hearing this on Thursday night. But if it's if you're listening to this on Friday, then at 4 p.m. we have our video live stream for patrons. So if you want to become a patron, sign up. And we'll be sending out the link um, a couple hours before we go live. Yep, and that's patreon.com slash the daily beans to, to sign up for a premium. It's as little as three bucks a month. You get ad free early episodes, a ton of bonus content, con- you know, access to these live streams. And and this week's theme is the pajama jammy jam. So you need to wear pajamas, whether it's your night pajamas or your day pajamas or your casual pajamas or your business casual jammies, or you can do black tie jammies if you want. I mean, fuck, we could go to, you know, opera jammies if you want, I, whatever. You please, uh, please send in your, your, your pictures of you and your quarantine buddies and your jammies, please. You can uh, tag um, at Muller She Wrote on Instagram, or you can um, tag us um, on Twitter at Muller She Wrote or at the Daily at Daily Beans Pod. Uh, we would love to see your quarantine selfies and your jammy jams. And uh, send in your questions. I've already gotten a bunch of great questions. Um, you can send them to us. I've made a few posts on um, our Patreon page and in our Behind the Beans Facebook group, or if you want to ask them anonymously, you can email me at amandaatmullersherote.com, and we're going to put together our favorite questions. We're, last week, we mostly focused on kind of fun questions, and this week, we'll do a bit of a mix, some fun ones to keep it lighthearted, and a couple political ones. Um, so send them in, please, and we will pick our favorite ones and answer them on the video. And if you can't catch the live stream at 4 p.m., if you're in a different time zone, um, you can replay the video in full uh, after it's ended. Yeah, that's a great, a great perk, a great benefit, because I know we've got a ton of listeners uh, in the UK and Australia and uh, in, you know, overseas there. So I, I think we have three listeners in Russia. Hi, Russia, if you're listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Russia, if you're listening, Russia. join our live stream. <laughs> Russia, if you're listening, all three of you, you're tremendous. Um <laughs> But uh, and yeah, keep sending those good news stories in. They really, really have been helping. I know compiling them is 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 even just a breath of fresh air for you, Mandy, and it's it's very helpful. And we're gonna need them more as as these next two or three weeks go by. It's gonna it's gonna get tough. So we need these good news stories. Please keep sending them in. Look for the helpers. Send them to us. And again, everybody, thank you so much for your support and for listening. And we will see you tomorrow at the Jammy Jam Cocktail Hour. Uh, that's it. Everyone, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Amanda Reader. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reader. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reader. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reader with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.